have something in my hand, and I want to prove to you that I have something in my hand. Art, can you verify there's something in my hand? Yes. Okay, there is. It is barely big enough to even create a gap in my fingers. And what it is is a little pebble. I went running on the towpath uh, yesterday morning, and for about an hour, this little pebble was in my shoe. I don't ever know how that happens. It's really annoying. You're running along, and then like the gravel you're running on somehow ends up in your shoe. And rather than stopping, uh, I had decided I'm going to run with this thing in my shoe, knowing that I had you know almost an hour that I wanted to run. And I thought this is going to make a decent way to start off the sermon tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I chose to be somewhat distracted and to work through it. That was the choice that I made. And I don't, know, I don't know where you are coming in every Sunday. This isn't specific to Ephesians 6 in these couple of verses. I don't know today what might be in your shoe of your Christian life. I don't know may, what may be distracting you. Um, but I want to encourage you. If there is uh, something that is swirling or that you happen to be worried about or concerned about, do your best to just take time and ask God right now to block it out. And to say, I want to get into these couple of verses, and I want to be effective. I want to follow Jesus, and I want to be productive. I want to grow. I want God to work in my life. And and let's try to come to the Word of God together uh, with that kind of focus. I'm actually kind of proud of myself that I got this here this morning without losing it. (laughs) I thought that was going to happen. You can ask me later about my skill in transporting small pebbles. All right. Ephesians 6. We have been in a a series about Ephesians called Identity Surrendered. Uh, This is our 24th part. Uh, We have not been in this since we uh, looked at the section. If you are still looking at your Bible or scrolling on your screen in your Bible app, uh, you might see before verse 10 a heading that says the whole armor of God. Last time we were in Ephesians, it was right before Vacation Bible School. And we had a great week of Vacation Bible School of looking into Ephesians uh, chapter 6, 10 through 20, the armor of God. We did a video. We had the guy leading the, the kid's song that we got to repeat and, and sing and do all the motions. And he had the huge old biceps. And, and it was great. It was, uh, it, was, it was a great time. And it's a really well-known passage, uh, verses 10 through 20, about strengthening our faith and strengthening our walk and putting on the armor of God so we can be protected as necessary and then a couple of offensive weapons in our desire to pursue and to be obedient to Jesus. I'm going to assume that more people in general throughout Christianity, both in our church and all around the world, know more about verses 10 through 20 than they do about Tychicus. That's just kind of a fun name to say. Uh, I found really smart people that pronounce it Tychicus and Tychicus. I just like Tychicus. So that's what I'm going with today. I'm not opposed to the Tychicus crowd. I'm just going with Tychicus. So it's not personal if you like Tychicus. Isn't this fun? We're going to talk about this faithful brother a little bit as we go along. But our big theme today, uh, encouragement. I want you to see encouragement in a couple of these. Uh, You might have questions. You might think, well, uh, the pastor is really close to finishing this letter. Why didn't he just finish it before vacation Bible school? Well, we, because we were in verses 10 through 20, and I can't finish the thing right before we're going into the whole theme of the week of the armor of God. I can't do that. 
and uh, you might come back and go, well, there's one, two, three, four verses between now and the end of it. Why don't you just finish with the four verses? You might be sitting there with this question in your head going, why do you have to drag this out? So I'll tell you, here's the plan. Two verses today, two verses next Sunday. We're going to get into peace and grace and how Paul closes his letters. And then on the third Sunday, the day that we vote uh, on our new constitution, uh, Lord willing, I'll do a series summary reminding us of our identity in Christ. Don't ask me what's going to happen after that. I don't know yet. Consider a number of options for some sermon series for the fall and pray for the Lord's leading so you can join me in that. But for today, encouragement, that's a little bit about where we're headed. I hope uh, that the, sh the, the pebble is out of your shoe. I hope you're focused and we're ready to, to get into this today. A few things that we see uh, in the way that Paul uh, writes this letter, in, in the role that Tychicus has, and, and what encouragement can come out of it. So a few things about this encouragement. First of all, uh, there is a unity in belief in Jesus Christ. It is very encouraging to me that we as, as believers in, in Jesus Christ have a unity that is very strong, very precious, and very encouraging. Unity is not a theme that we've waited till the very end of this letter uh, to get to. Unity is a theme that has uh, come up in a number of different spots in this letter. But I want to show you uh, the basics of faith. I want to I show you that it says, uh, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. Belief, being joined in belief is huge to our identity. And so you might wonder, what is belief? I want to continue to, continue to till this soil. Believing means so much to us as Christians. And one of the things that we do when we establish a relationship with God is, is we don't come because we're great people or we were born in the right family or our paycheck has a certain amount or we have the right educational requirements or we live in the right zip code. God doesn't judge us based on those things when it comes to establishing a relationship with, with him. Instead, God wants to know, do you have a relationship with my son, Jesus? And we enter in, okay, to faith this way. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. If you ask somebody, how is it that we get into heaven? Why will God let you into heaven? They may begin to say, well, I've done this number of things, or I'm not as bad as so-and-so, or those kind of people. And those answers, in God's view, they fall short. And this, these couple of verses are so powerful and so clarifying and so helpful. Grace is something that we are given. It is a gift. It is unmerited. It means we can't earn it. We are saved by grace. And it is through faith, a gift of God to us kind of to strip away our desire to stand on our own accomplishments before him. No, the gift really is faith, and it's dealing with Jesus and trusting that he stood in our place, that he suffered, that he died, that he was buried in a tomb, and that he rose from the dead. The basics of the gospel message, we enter in by a gift of God, 
grace through faith, through believing that what Jesus did is enough. This is huge to our identity, and it's how Tychicus is described. He's described in this passage as a faithful brother. This is encouragement. Invite you to understand your relationships with other believers and other uh, other churches this way. There is no reason that you would have association with many believers in your life without the supernatural work of Jesus remaking your soul. It takes God's work to do it. And when he does that, we start to see people in different ways. I was so excited to travel and be with brothers and sisters who are meeting Jesus in a different part of the world and to hear of their growth and to hear of their challenge and to hear of their obedience despite incredible circumstances. Just this past Thursday night, Julie and I were able to join with a few others and we listened as PJ and Lizzie, who serve in South Asia, they shared about their service there. And I've never met some of the laborers that they have reached with the gospel in Asia and that they have trained to go and to to do the work, but I feel a connection with those people. Sometimes believers say, I feel more at home with my church family or in a gathering of believers than I do my family family. And there's something powerful about that word brother that Paul uses. Tychicus, the beloved brother. We are brothers and sisters. I wasn't bored this week just trying to fill time with a couple of verses and to fill the next few weeks from the pulpit. Some English translations use the word dear brother. More accurately, the root word here is agape, which is a kind of love that we understand is the love that God has for, lo- for us. It is a love that is uh, without condition in that sense. It loves with the greatest object of its desire is the beloved. It's the love that is commanded in marriage. If you're in a marriage relationship or you're thinking about a marriage relationship, be prepared to love in a self-sacrificing way that the greatest object of that love is the other person, is someone else. That's God's love toward us, and that's the exact word that is used to describe Tychicus in this passage. He's a beloved brother. That is powerful. It's a powerful relationship to be united by faith. So I want to say a couple things more while we're here. One of those is an encouragement toward friendship. Who in your life do you describe as a beloved brother, a beloved sister in the faith? or a father, or a mother, or even a grandparent in the faith. We have these different relationships with people that we meet in the faith, but they're described in a family way, and they're described through a power and forged in powerful love. And so I want to talk a little bit about friendship. I want to say publicly, it is okay for men to love each other like brothers. And it's okay for women to love each other like sisters, that we can and we should do this and describe our relationships with each other this way without the sexual confusion that is encouraged in our culture. It's okay to be friends and to to say that we love each other in an agape 
self-sacrificing, I want to honor the way Jesus loves me kind of love. We should have tight bonds, and we should be united in belief. And so we see Tychicus described this way. We also see him described as a faithful minister. There are a lot of people in our world who are faithful, who are good at what they do, and you can count on them, and they're dependable. This is a supernatural faithfulness that God is bringing about. He's a faithful servant in the Lord. So how Paul describes him, a faithful minister in the Lord, and that he would tell them everything about how Paul was doing. I find this encouraging that we can celebrate faithful servants. Don't have to be the upfront people. Don't have to be the leader of this ministry. There are faithful servants all throughout the church of Jesus Christ. And I'm so encouraged that we, we don't serve and minister in silos, that we can call faithfulness faithfulness, that we can have brothers and sisters across fellowships and form bonds that God brings about uh, through the love between brothers and sisters that, that wouldn't happen any other way. It's not this church competing against that church or this ministry against that ministry. It's, it's encouragement. It's family and it's faithfulness. And we're brought into it by grace, through faith. We're united in belief. I hope you're encouraged to hear these kind of words and see this kind of a picture that Paul paints of Tychicus. Second, today, we think about encouragement. We'll look at relationships defined by loyalty. This isn't the only time in Scripture at the end of Ephesians that we encounter this character, Tychicus. A couple other references. We see in Acts 20 that he is, uh, is that toward the bottom there? I'm not going to try to read all these names. All right, just see his name at the bottom and know that he was a part of Paul's third missionary journey. That's how they met. Traveling from one place to one place and Tychicus was a part of that journey. So that's, that's really how the relationship with Paul would have begun. But we also see him mentioned in Colossians. This is going to look very familiar. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities, a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I've sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your heart. Sound familiar? Yeah. It's a different letter to the Colossians. Tychicus is going to come. He's going to be a helper in, in taking that letter and in delivering it. We see him mentioned in Titus. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Again, uh, somebody who's entrusted with responsibility. And we see in 2 Timothy, Tychicus, I have sent to Ephesus. <laughs> Big surprise. He's mentioned in the letter to the Ephesians. Uh, and we see that. He's a guy who, in this context, would have been sent uh, to potentially relieve Timothy of some of his duties, uh, pastoring in some of the churches of Ephesus, so that he could go and join Paul. Tychicus, a relationship of responsibility. A responsibility follows recognized character and growth as a believer. Uh, it probably also implies some level of commonality forged out of the kind of love that we, that we see Paul express in, in the first verse. So I want you to get the idea here. Uh, Paul can only write so much 
we communicate today very quickly, very easily. We have almost too much ability to communicate. Have you looked through your social media feed? <laughs> we, we, can, we can spout our thoughts too quickly sometimes. And we'll just type out our thought, and boy, that wasn't really a worthwhile thought. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I pressed send on that. I got to get that back. So we can we can communicate very quickly. We can pull out a phone. We can send a text message. We can send an email. We can communicate through social media. Back in Bible times, paper was a scarce commodity, and so Paul is writing down the things he wants communicated to the Ephesians, and he's giving copies of this to Tychicus to be a deliverer of this. But he, what what else is Tychicus going to do? He's going to speak when he delivers it. And he's going to encourage and he's going to give updates on how Paul is doing. Has anybody ever messed up communication on your behalf where you said, hey, go and communicate this, and then they messed it up and they didn't represent well what you said? Now think about being in Bible times. When you have that guy who's going to go and deliver things and give people updates, you probably want to trust him, don't you? If I'm Paul, I want to be able to trust this guy that he's saying, oh, Paul's in jail again. He's moaning and groaning about all this, right? Like, there's all kind of things that can go wrong. Paul wasn't doing that. Don't put words in my mouth. Just showing you the need for somebody responsible like Tychicus, somebody that Paul had seen grow after coming to faith, even to the place where he would have been capable for filling in for Timothy in discharging some pastoral responsibilities in Ephesus so Timothy can join him in Rome. These are, there are relationships in, in Christianity and in our faith that are defined by, by loyalty. What better to encourage us as believers and others than, than when we approach ministry with the mind to do the very best we can so we can be found loyal and we can be an encouragement to others in the way that we're communicating and in the way that we are forging and processing and expressing the, the love among family. This is a loyal brother and he grew in ways that were observable. I thought about an illustration for this and this one is kind of easy for those of you that have been around our church for a number of years. Recently, our former youth director, Josh Miller, uh, Josh served with us almost seven years. Uh, Josh was ordained by Riverwood Community Chapel. It was something we didn't have the excitement to be a part of in Josh's life, but after he left us, he continued to be a, has continued to be a faithful brother, no big surprise, a faithful servant, and he has continued to grow, finished a, a graduate degree, and uh, the, the church at, at Riverwood, our brothers up in, in uh, Kent, have decided they, they, they would ordain Josh to gospel ministry. I think that's the kind of thing that we see. Now, now if you're, you're listening today, don't think, oh, I have to be on staff at a church in order to be like Tychicus. I have to be one of these standout people. Read Romans 16 if you believe otherwise. There's all kinds of people who stood out in Paul's ministry that he wanted to name. And, and Romans 16 is kind of like his team that he wanted to introduce to the world. We don't know a lot about a lot of those people. So, so being united in faith, 
growing in our relationships together as a family, uh, relationships defined by loyalty. Some of those we'll notice and some of those we'll see growth. And some of those we won't notice from a platform. But we'll see from side to side. We'll see a view of somebody's life where they're growing and repenting and encouraging and they're, they're getting... Uh, God is helping them pass their, their sins and, and helping them navigate their past or whatever's going on. And, and we see that growth, and it should just excite us. And then certainly as somebody serves in ministry or in, in positions or is just gaining loyalty because they're excited to be there and God is using them, those are outstanding things to, to think about, uh, whether you're a staff member of a church or not. I want you to, to think that way about encouragement. Okay, last today, genuine care. For one another. This is the nature of what Paul is communicating. And the word that comes to mind in this, it goes back to the communication that he trusts Tychicus to do. The word that comes to mind is freedom. Paul, in his mind, is free. And this is what healthy relationships as family and fellow believers, this is what it looks like, is that we're growing in trust and that we're free. That, hey, I trust this person to represent my communication. I know they're not going to talk bad about me. I know they're not going to disparage me. They're going to go and they're going to communicate well. Paul has the freedom in Tychicus to do that. Now, not not to say that things don't ever break down or or difficulty never comes, but that's also freedom. To know that if there is a, a blip, if there is a hiccup, if there is something that breaks down, that we've got the relationship to be able to repair that and to talk through that, and to pray through that, and to work in the name of Jesus to reconcile. There is a genuine freedom that happens when we have that level of trust. Paul says, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Paul's free from judgment, baggage, having to impress or live up to expectations, Tychicus is, is faithful and willing to carry this letter and to carry a verbal update to encourage the church's meeting in the area of Ephesus. Is it unthinkable that one of these people might be a little suspicious about Paul being in prison? I mean, think about a fellow believer who may be in prison for something. We might have some questions. We might be suspicious of that. Good communication helps. Paul was free to trust because there was genuine care for Paul and, and genuine care from the believers who wanted to know how Paul was doing. And that's the, the overall spirit. Don't assume that this guy, this messenger, is, is some sort of perfect. I think because the word agape is in there, a beloved brother, it, it actually implies that they're, they're working through it. <laughs> Right? There, there has to be self-sacrificial love. I'm going to love Tychicus despite some of the hiccups in his growth. I think that word usage implies that. It, it, we see that in, in every Christian. We're, we're putting up with imperfections or immaturity, and, and, and we're seeing people grow through that. I think Paul probably learned that with, with Tychicus. But, but don't assume that, that he's not worthy, that there isn't genuine care, there isn't genuine love. It's always this way with Paul, even in confrontation. He's willing to, to say, uh, I care, and I want you to care, and, and we want to serve together for the gospel. So let me ask you today, do, do we genuinely care? I, I, I think about this. Do we genuinely care to know how each other are doing? Do we genuinely get excited when we get communication from a missionary who says this is how we're doing? 
Are, are we anxiously awaiting that news? Are we trusting in that communication? Are we ready to be encouraging brothers and sisters? No worries. He writes out of genuine care and he expects the same. Verse 22 again, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Do we see each other in that light? Are we ready to give and to express and to receive care? Do we see a genuine role of encouragement in our relationships in the family of God? Here's a challenge as we wrap up today. What is it that stunts your care for an encouragement for others. Your care and encouragement for others. What stunts that? I don't want to don't want to miss this. This isn't just a, a lecture about how to be a good friend. Let's not miss what we the ground we covered in the beginning about being united by belief and needing the supernatural work of God, meaning above our abilities, above natural processes. Those things happen when we become believers. And so as believers, God will do things in us and through us that we can't do in our natural abilities. Only God can unite us in this kind of belief. I think that's such a powerful reminder as we think about things that may break down. If you can identify something, if the Holy Spirit is is asking you to put a, a finger this morning on something very specific in your life or your attitude toward the church in general or people, a specific relationship that hasn't been very encouraging or has broken down. If the Holy Spirit is working something, just zoom out a little bit and be reminded of the power of relationships that God intends to grow and that God intends to work in and through as we seek to honor him as individual believers, but as we've seen communicated today, a family of believers. Only God can bring the kind of encouragement that we experience doing that. Only God can remove the fear that we may have in growing together in faith. A great, great challenge today about encouragement, how we give it, how we receive it, how we're faithful, how we're growing, how we see others grow. I hope and pray uh, as we continue uh, in a process day by day, step by step, of seeking to honor God, uh, that these things would resonate in our hearts and that we would respond.